0: This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za.
1: Well, it is a Friday that can only mean one thing, an open conversation. Uh, we bring you these every Friday between 11 and 12 with some of our most thought leaders in society across a variety of spheres and i know that some of you really hang on tight to say hmm who do we have today who do we have on the on that hot seat and uh, fortunately my guest is indeed physically on the hot seat and not virtually uh, that seat needs a name now i'm sure it will be a power seat or something like that <laughs> <laughs> for the people of power but you know to some people actually my guest needs no my guest needs no introduction uh, when i put up the poster last night uh, someone said that's a solid human being you are going to be having there in the studio some know him from his business days here in south africa as the ceo of Tizoro IBC wasn't an, an investment strategic advisory and business consultancy, and then some in some circles might know him as the immediate past vice president of the International Organization of Employers, to the ILO. And we will be talking about some of his time in that tripartite UN special agency that deals with matters focused on labour, and it brings together business, government, and labour to create international labour standards. Prof. Mtunzim Dwaba, good morning and welcome to Power Talk.
0: Uh, Good morning, Lukona. I think uh, you hopefully will indulge me. I can't just say good morning. Yeah without also saying uh, bonus dias because there are colleagues of mine who set the alarm clocks for 4 a.m. this morning in Latin America. Mm. I also have to say bonjour for all my French colleagues in the African continent as well as in Europe. Um, and also, I think it's important because we're in Africa to be able to say habari ya subuhi in Swahili. Um, you know, Molueni, Sanbunani, and many other languages. And I appreciate that you've invited me.
1: Thank you so much for making the time. I know it's a busy schedule. In fact, we've been asking about you and I keep hearing, no, he's in Geneva. I say, okay, when he's coming, no, he's been back for three days. Oopi, we want under int- chat with him. Now he's back in Geneva again. And I'm glad you are Back here, it must have been quite an experience uh, being stationed in Geneva, doing work with the International Labour Organization, and gaining all of this experience. How has it been for you? And what is the biggest lesson you've taken away?
0: Yeah, well, um, you know, it's, it's it's quite an interesting episode, I think, of one's life. Um, In that, you know, my up and downs to Geneva have never been for more than really three and a half weeks at a time Mm. um, in the last 12 years. um, Even though sometimes I would go three and a half weeks at a time multiplied by five or six times in a year. Um, And more often than not, I've also gone to other countries, not really Geneva, because you will remember that the International Organization of Employers uh, that you mentioned, um, is the largest private sector organization for, for employers for business in the yep. world. Um, over 150 business organizations um, in over 150 countries. So I was traveling quite a lot, not necessarily going to Geneva, but going to wherever I need to go. And of course, you know, my association with the ILO as Absolutely. the vice uh, chair for the ILO meant sometimes we went on mission for the ILO, not the IOE. So the Geneva time has actually always been for a while and then i run out but but the lessons sure um, are huge are many <laughs> lessons are many so we would have to yeah. be very focused Focus, focused on, which on ones the prime are you looking ones. for yeah. what, 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 what is the highlight what, what are the les- lessons exactly that you want me to start maybe you guide me yeah you,
1: you, you know the, the, the lessons that perhaps and I'm, and we're going to get to this because in fact the big reveal in part today is that you have been endorsed by SEDEC and the African Union as the candidate to become the next director general uh, for the ILO. There has never been an African or Asian um, director general at Mm. the ILO. Mm. And I suppose when we're thinking about lessons, we probably have that at the back of Mm. our mind as well, Mm. to say the lessons you would have gotten are quite, you know, from a geopolitics point of view, how business is done, how different continents Mm. have different approaches, Mm. and possibly to say, Maybe the first highlight around this idea of a tripartite agency, where Mm. you are able to pull government, business and labor together, which is not the easiest to do. Uh, What would you say are some of the lessons you take away from that particular aspect? Because it's probably the most cardinal aspect of any future director Mm. general of the Mm. ILO.
0: Well I think that that is helpful. So so you know I think the the first thing one needs to do before I talk about lessons that one collects all over the world uh, I need to first be very grateful for being very grounded in my teachings from my parents. You know, from my family. Yeah. Um, you know how African families are. I was brought up by many mothers. You know, I had aunts who were my mothers. I had a mother, then I had my mother, and then I had my grandmother, and 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 same with with fathers as well. And why I mention that is because you grow up being very cognizant of the fact that you do need to be respectful at all times. You do need to listen to people who are your elders at all times. Um, But at the same time, I had the kind of mothers and aunts who were quite clear that your listening and being respectful to elder people does not mean you must necessarily always agree with them when you don't agree as my aunt would say when my grandfather wants to do something and then I'm told um my grandfather would say over his dead body then my aunt would say well yeah. we may have to arrange this <laughs> you know? and, and I mean it used to scare the so, hell out of me so, so you're not running away from this threat <laughs> over no, my dead body no bo- <laughs> no 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 my aunt would say well you know what? we'll sort that you out head, if that's what it means you. <laughs> let's do it you know So, so I think it comes from that background So, so when you grow up and you go to the ILO as I did, as and I've been spending a lot of time there, you know, even the symbolism that I use in my campaign document, you will see when you see my campaign document if you haven't seen it, is a three-legged pot, Mm. right? The three-legged pot that we use, Mm emakaya, you know, back at home, and it was an interesting thing when I introduced it into the ILO the first time because I actually introduced it in the middle of the the ILO with all the countries of the world, and I said to them, you know, as your spokesperson. Uh, speaking for issues of finance program and budget i have to stress that you cannot in a tripartite organization that is based on social dialogue do things in such a way that you don't have an equitable distribution that is fair amongst the three you've got three parties here Mm -hmm. government trade unions and employers so if any of the three legs is not standing firmly we have a situation where the pot is limping. And you may need they're... a stone to to, to, to prop it up, <laughs> it up. Right? And that's if you lucky to prop it up. Yeah. Because sometimes you might not succeed mm. in propping mm. it up. In which case, then you're gonna have an ancestral breach, as yeah. I would explain. I would say normally we use this pot for big occasions yes. like when we cook for our ancestors. And of course, when you're in Europe, you have to explain well, what, what, are what, what is this yeah, what, yeah. Are you, what are you talking about now? <laughs> so I said, You know about pants, are yeah, very important where mm. I come from. Mm. So when we have an event and we slaughter and we do things, these are big things they might come and the rural villages where I come from. So you can't afford to spill the food inside that pot. Yeah. That would be sacrilege because it means as much as you must feed the ancestors, that would be too much food to feed them and not feed and not the, 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 the community. The, the community
1: that's gathered that right? for this particular event. So, so
0: this is a long journey, a look on it, that comes from that. So now when you talk about lessons from the ILO, it was an easier fit for me. It's always been an easier fit for me because I think when you come from Africa, I find... Mm. And even when you come from Latin America, I've learned, and parts of Asia, um, there is a very big element of how you do things as a community, how you must consult, how social dialogue is at the heart of everything you do. Nobody imposes his or her will on you. Um, Everything is a negotiation. Everything is a discussion. Yes, ultimately, there must be a decision. We have to be decisive.
1: But you can't start at the tail But ends. you
0: can't start at the tail. You can't start by saying, Lukoona, uh, today <laughs> you are we, are, we are going to Bloemfontein. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we going to Bloomfontein? No, Lukoona, shut up. You are a <laughs> youngster. We're going to Bloomfontein. No, 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 no. This is going to be disastrous yeah. in yeah. the way it works. So you might have decided that Bloomfontein is the right place to go, but you need to go and negotiate with exactly. Bloemfontein. So, so, so those are the lessons for me that I've found that irrespective as to what language you speak, irrespective as to which region you come from, irrespective of what station of life you're in. And this is one of the things I developed as well when I was in the music industry because mm. I've also ran the music industry in my life um, many, many years ago. And I used to say to colleagues when we had appointments to go and meet the president as the time, uh, we had to meet uh, President Mbeki. Then abs- subsequently, we had to meet President Zuma. And the guys would say, yeah, you know, you know, because we're meeting the president today, you should be wearing your tie. And I said, well, I never wear a tie. I'm not going to start today and lie and put on a tie. Yeah. That's because I'm going to see President Mbeki. Uh, because I'm lying. Yeah. Okay, why am I portraying Mtunzi that is that, not That is right
1: nonexistent. It's nonexistent. No, I'm
0: not going to do that. Let's deal with the <laughs> Have truth. Have you ever owned one? The truth is Mtunzi does not wear a tie. Does let's he even own a tie? He doesn't even own a tie. So let's find a way of breaking this nicely to the president if we need to. I don't yeah. think we need to. But I'm going to be decent. I'm going to be dressed properly. I'm going to address the president as he should. And for me, whether you're with the president or with the janitor yeah. or anybody. We all have a role to fulfill in life. Absolutely. So the same respect must be afforded at all times. And, and, and I mentioned respect a few times you'll hear because when you're dealing with social dialogue and you're dealing with tripartism, you can never be able to do it properly without the requisite amount of respect, the requisite amount of, of tolerance and patience, and a lot of trust. A
1: lot of a that lot trust of is trust. You... And it's at the heartbeat of society, this Absolutely. trust. In fact, I often think we, I mean, colleagues in the media space have done a lot on care and how much we need to care for society, care for each other. But this trust element can actually make or break
0: institutions. Absolutely. And and, and we have a lot of trust deficit in the world today. And and, and justifiably so, because we have complete reckless disregard As to how other people feel we have complete reckless disregard as to the expression of difference Mm. if people express a difference and people in their diversity which in our rhetoric we always say diversity is strength our actions in reality though are very different we never do that we do not like diversity. We do not like change. People feel threatened by difference rather than embracing difference. People feel threatened by youth rather than embracing youth. People feel threatened by women rather than embracing women. People feel threatened by climatic change issues without understanding that, you know, actually, it's not a very complicated thing. You know, some of us who've been cyclists for over 19 years, if I get on a bicycle, I'm already very kind to the footprint. Absolutely. right. As opposed to getting into a, car, into
1: a car. Right? And, and in, in some cities around the world, it's much more friendly. Actually, we have bicycle accidents in Precisely. Cambridge Precisely. than car so, accidents.
0: So, so I hope that helps in terms of lessons absolutely, just absolutely, by way of absolutely, background. And then, absolutely. You know, I mean, you can... before,
1: before we started, in fact, uh, you were telling me an interesting story that uh, you were just watching different people pivoting to new ways of doing work uh, because of COVID. Yeah. And you were saying, well, you've been doing this at least for eight years, yeah. uh, you know, the virtual workspace and thinking differently about what the motor uh, brick and mortar office should yeah. be utilized for but when you look at the pandemic itself covid-19 and how it has affected you know this tripartite alliance between business labor and government uh, what do you think the fabric of relations going forward is going to look at, at like especially as we recover and there are these competing demands what will be at the center of trying to navigate those competing demands
0: you know you know look honor, the one thing that we must always be conscious of and never forget there is nothing to replace human interaction there's no such a thing mm. you, you, you could have the best technology in the world ultimately what makes the world go round? Okay, some people say money makes the world yeah. go round. You know, I think, I think need a fair bit I, of that. I think money is a subset. Yeah. <laughs> but the main issue here is human interaction. It's human warmth, okay? Now, we have lots of that in Africa. I don't know if it's because of the warm weather. Of course, it's not warm <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Uh, but we have a lot of human warmth. And so for me, irrespective as to the pandemic, we're always going to need people at the center of everything we do, no matter what it is we do. Okay, But we have to adapt as people. If we don't adapt, we die. (laughs) It's as simple as all that life is based on the fact that you must always be vigilant, very diligent and adapt and adapt before it's too late. Mm. And this is what we are faced with as a human race is that we need to adapt. You know, for many, many, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that, you know, when I sold my businesses because I was. Involved in business, in technology, in advertising. Yes. You know, the, 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 the real business people know me for is Talk IT because I, I ran this training solutions provider mm. company in, in technology. We built it in 27 countries. But already it's quite interesting that back in the day, when people are now very um, besotted with, with, with uh, equipment and technology, yeah. you know, I used to play a trick on my PA, this okay. is in twenty oh nine. Twenty oh nine. I'd play a trick on her because we use because we were a Cisco company, we're a Cisco partnered company, I had a Cisco phone okay. that I built on my laptop. Okay. So my colleagues put the Cisco phone on, on my laptop. On your laptop. Right. So I had a virtual phone. So what I would do is I would dial my PA from my house. Okay. Okay. My house was about six kilometers as the crow flies, right? And my PA would say, Hey boss I didn't realize you in the office I said no so no I'm not, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> He says but I see you calling from your extension I said yes I'm calling you from the extension on my laptop which is at home yeah. So so you could do that already where you could connect uh, remote but it looks like you are there mm. So 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 for me when I sold my businesses um you know over time I decided I wanted to spend a lot of time in this environment called the multilateral environment, Um, the ILO. I'd I'd been sucked into it without really thinking about it very slowly, but surely it sucked me in. And then I realized if I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this flying all over the world. I mean, there was a time when I was running... Um, my business is from San Francisco because I sold TalkIt into a listed group that had an entity in San Francisco in the U.S. Mm. So I'd fly between Johannesburg, San Francisco, and Geneva, and I thought this is not sustainable. It's, it's,
1: it's crazy. I, I mean, it's, I can't do this. People think it's luxurious. People it, think that you're living a good life, traveling to all these beautiful, nice, developed spaces and various countries, taking lessons. But it's actually not that luxurious. Can cause you huge luxurious. misery.
0: Can cause you huge, huge misery and so lonely I, too. And loneliness. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to start a business that is virtual. And it hit me as I was sitting at an airport because I was trying to decide what am I going to do with my life? Mm. Then I decided I'm going to start a business that does not require, as much as I love people, does not require people. And this is about
1: 2013.
0: This is 2013. Because if I have people... I need to manage them. Yeah. I need to lead them. I don't have the time. I'm flying all the yeah. time. I'm sitting in airports all the time. I'm going through immigration all the time and customs all the time. So I was sitting at the airport and it hit me. I thought, okay, if I start a strategic consultancy yeah. and I start a company that brokers deals globally, which can leverage on the 187 countries, at the time I think it was 105, but it's 187 countries of the ILO, Why don't I do that? Then I started Tesoro. That's how Tesoro was born. And then
1: Tesoro was born. At an airport, basically. At an
0: airport. (laughs) Not a garage. No, in 2013, sitting on my laptop with my phone. And then I realized that with my phone and my laptop, I don't need much more. Absolutely. This is all I need. And the only reason, as I was telling you before we started, that I have an office... Okay. It's because
1: some people don't think you are Mashiach. Some people don't believe you.
0: They think, oh, why is he always meeting us at a restaurant? <laughs> Pyramid scheme. And at a cafe. <laughs> this is very odd here. I can't you know? address. <laughs> so, so, so there would be a month would go by without my PA seeing me come into the office at all. Mm. He, ironically, I've gone to the office far more now during the cold. COVID
1: than you did <laughs> pre-COVID. Really pre-COVID. Your life has sort of <laughs> yeah. swapped around. Yeah. But I mean, also, that must have then made it easier for you to service these networks that you have in Latin America, in Asia, throughout the continent. Because I suppose at this moment in time, when you are looking towards that race, which will conclude in March 2022, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, for Director General yep. of the ILO, these networks become... So important, and what's the core ingredient, especially building transnational networks, because somebody listening in would be like, sure, one <laughs> day and have this global reach, but it comes at some focused servicing of networks
0: and relationships. look, it comes at a price. um let me again go back to the beginning. so I've always done sport I've always found that sport centers me it gets me to relax and to deal with my stress but more importantly it deals with issues of discipline mm. so when i was at university i did martial arts okay and if you were late for a martial arts class yeah the whole class got punished right you could do it once and get away with it do it a second time you're not going to get away with it because when you get into the showers the guys are going to beat you up
1: because you are costing them
0: You costing them so soon they're gonna sort you out, <laughs> right? So, so you learn that you know what I got to be on time, yeah. And 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 I can't get everybody punished all the time. This is not on, okay. And of course, the guy who trained me uh, as well, Larry Calmayer, um, who you know passed away a long time ago at a, at a firm that know is, is, is was was also bought, uh, uh, you know, over time. He used to say to me, my boy, even though we don't do criminal law here, but imagine in the olden days of apartheid, if you were late and you have to present a guy. Mm. Um, who has done something and whatever, and the next thing, the judge makes a decision or the magistrate. death row. Because you were late and they go to death row. So by the same token, when I've cycled, I've always known that if I have an arrangement with guys to meet at five o'clock, I must be there at five o'clock. And that's helped me a lot in terms of being able to also work with all the colleagues all over the world. And for me, it's a simple kind of thing because I've learned that I, I've always been an early riser. So I'm up at five, no matter what, 4.35. Yeah. In the morning, and I even in winter, it doesn't matter. Sure, it doesn't matter. I'm up. I'm up at five. My clock, my body clock. In future, I want to be like. M-tons. Well, well, some people work differently. <laughs> they like to work late, but for me, the morning is is excellent. Yeah. And it worked. It worked well for me. And why? Because when I wake up at five, in Latin America, if you go backwards, I think it's about ten or eleven. Mm. So people are still awake, and five is good for our time in 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 Africa, right? There's a variation of an hour, two hours, yeah. depending on where you are. It's good for Europe. There's a variation of one hour, again, depending what time of the year it is. And and when you are also at five for Asia, you push it down. It's about 1 or 2 a.m. The same happens with North America yeah. going backwards. So that's a sweet spot. So I will work at five. I'll check my emails. I will respond. I'll check my Twitter feed. I will respond. I'll check my LinkedIn page. I will respond. I'll check my Instagram. And somewhere around about eight, nine, I've cleaned up what I need to do. All of that. Everything.
1: Now you can focus on you.
0: Then I go to the gym. Oh yes, that's the, focusing
1: on you. Then I, exactly. that's me.
0: Then yeah. I go to the gym, Or I, I do, I go swim, I go cycle, I go run, I go do whatever I need to do. And so it's easy to actually manage this kind of life. But the other thing, though, is that you've always got to be conscious. Respect again becomes important. Yeah. You have to respect the fact that some people somewhere in the world are sleeping. Some people somewhere in the world need to relax now. Okay, so you need to be conscious of these differences all the time. But the one thing that for me has been a huge blessing as well is my love for languages. I've got an affinity for languages because I've got an affinity for languages here in South Africa. I speak about eight of the eleven. Wow. Right. And across the world? Across the world, I speak French that is not excellent French, but I understand, especially if they speak lantema, lantema, Lanthema meaning slowly okay in Spanish it's 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 lentamente. okay so Spanish I've been teaching myself Spanish for the last year and a half on an app called Duolingo I now can hear very good parts of the Spanish language wow I, I just don't have the confidence to speak it to speak because it I haven't out. gone to live there yeah if I can spend a month or two months or three months there, Yenav, I'm, uh, gonna the I'm gonna get confidence on the vocabulary and stuff yeah I speak a little bit of Russian uh, you know because of my former life uh, you, you know when you when you're going around the world and you do things and then you you pick up certain things <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure you know what i'm saying i,
1: so, I know what you're saying and i in yeah. this in this world of vaccines people <laughs> who have an association with russia but
0: i'm not Sputnik. <laughs> so i speak a bit of russian i speak and understand a bit of dutch because of our ancestry, yeah. of Africans yeah. uh, in this country. The Dutch always say Africans is a, is, the, is Dutch that never grew up. Yes. So I speak a little bit of that. that.
1: Invent. <laughs> and, and, and if
0: you understand Spanish and French, it's not very difficult sometimes to pick up what an Italian is saying and what a Portuguese His person, person is, saying is saying if you listen hard enough. Absolutely. So that's also helped a lot because even if you don't speak too much, one thing I learned with people here in South Africa is that you speak a little bit of the language. Even if it's broken, or if you just greet, to and
1: they know that you are not uh, Mutwana or see, Basutu person. You are not just, a
0: guy who's stuck and rigid. With, I'm going to speak my Zulu. Yeah, you know, he, and, that, that's it. Absolutely. You know? so, well. Tunzi,
1: when you see that chap in that booth, you know that it is time for us to take a break on our conversation. That's it, to, to, Well, he's going to give us the news headlines. That's Thomas <laughs> okay. White. I'm in conversation <laughs> with Prof. Tunzi Mtuaba, our candidate, in fact, for the International Labour Organization to become the next director general of that institution. 861 is the dial if you want to ask him a question or share a comment. I'm already seeing some of your tweets at Lukona Mguni. Hashtag Power Talk.
0: Power Talk with Luke Horna Call Luke Horner on 0861 987
1: 0. Indeed, you must dial in there, people of power, to be part of our open conversation with Prof. Mtoonzim uh, who is, as I have given you now, the big reveal, if you didn't know. He is the SADEX and au endorsed uh, candidate to become the next International Labour Organization Director General. Somebody on Twitter already saying they have deja- Javu about this conversation. Weird feeling listening to your guest. Yet it's a live first time chat. Almost word for word. Suppose you were probably dreaming it there somewhere, Steamer, uh, when you were having, you know, Didza. Uh zero eight six one nine eight seven triple zero is the dial to come to. Let's come to one concept that is important, um Tunzi. On for the ILO, but I think for all of us as humanity. You know, I was talking to Dr. Musibudi Mangena before I spoke to you, and he said something very jarring to say, Uh, this week we have seen ourselves bury the humanity of black people through all these experiences that we have seen. But what does social justice look like? when we have employers, you know, whom we often think they are driven by interest uh, for profit margins, and they are in the room, but not only in the room now, they want to be in the seat that drives the ILO. How do you ensure that you imagine social justice? You you spoke about the three-legged pot, but Mm. how do you imagine social justice in very practical terms Mm. um, to make sure that there are responsible employers throughout Mm. the Mm. world?
0: Well... You know, look, uh, when I... Uh, You're about to make look that look mistake. Can. I was warning yeah. you, you. I was see, warning you. You see this Lucano, Lucano thing. Lucona. Lucona, Lucona. It's a complicated thing. Lucona, <laughs> Lucona. I'll get it right now. So so, so this in itself might require that you and I have another hour. Yeah. Yeah, just on social justice. Because yeah. social justice is a very um, clear concept, but can also be very nebulous depending on which side of the fence you see. Absolutely. Now, let's be very clear. You know that in Kosa there's a saying, mm. you know, that the world will uh, be judged by the deeds and acts of one person yeah. two people, you know, like we have now with our protests here in South Africa. You know, and that's the same thing with social justice. There are employers who are bad employers. I mean, let's start there. There are business people who exploit people. Yeah. Okay. I've seen, know, and I've worked with many of them in the past. But equally, we must also understand understand that they are bad trade unionists. They are bad workers who also abuse certain positions they have. Same as people will have bad governments in some parts of the world. Yes. So I think let's start with this statement, Absolutely. so that we all clear. Then there is organized business. Now within organized business, that's not to say that you are not going to have some rotten apples or rotten tomatoes there as well. But I would like to believe that. In terms of organized business, which I've saved now since about 2002, 2001, okay? I would like to think that we endeavor to ensure that every member of business is a member who does good things with a responsible business person, okay? And, and, and because we live by certain values and certain ideals and make sure that people are at the center, we are fair to people. Mm. But there's also an educational process that we need to run with people to know that There is something you need to do beyond running a business. You also have to be a conscientious community person who need to be alive to the sustainability of your community, whether it's from a climatic change point of view in terms of the climate challenges we have, whether it's from the point of view of how you treat people, you know, and sometimes even a simple good morning. You know, there are people who struggle to just greet their employees. To greet anybody some people just don't know how to do that i used to walk into a lift here in south africa in in a in a, in a, in a mall many years ago and guys would walk into a lift and then instead of saying good morning, they would look down and look up and look everywhere. And when you say good morning, they look almost startled. In, like,
1: in, in fact, one day here on the show, and in, in one of our open lines, I did one to ask people, do you actually greet? Because when I came to Joburg because this guy from the Eastern Cape who had been in a school in KZN, and I came to Varsity here, I'd go around greeting people even at the mall. Exactly. And people think
0: that's weird. My principal, <laughs> when I started my law articles, my principal, I won't mention his name yeah. because he'll be very embarrassed if he's listening now. <laughs> I said to him, you know, you take us to strategic workshops to see how we can make things different and work on different things, but you don't greet. Mm. I said, you know, when I greet you in the morning... You're always in a rush. You say good morning. And by the time you finish morning, you're out. You're already gone. You have not even looked me in the I face it, to see in, my facial yeah. expression. He says, yeah, twins. But you know, you guys take long to greet. I said, you guys, <laughs> is you guys black? What, what, what does, what does yeah. you guys represent in this conversation? Yeah, but you know, you guys are going to say, hey, how are you? How did you sleep? I said, that's how we are in Africa. We want to know how it is. And I said, if you invest that one minute to asking me how I really am, yeah. and I feel like you really mean it. I can assure you that after that, I'm going to be very productive. Unlike a guy who I speak to, the next thing you've left the office and you're That's gone. It. Mm. So by the same token, issues of social justice require that you understand how to treat people. But it also understand, you need to understand that there's a lot of hypocrisy about social justice. Because there are people who will tell you that they are social justice practitioners. They want to make sure mm. that things are good for people on the ground. But as soon as they get into positions of authority, They forget the people on the ground. They forget that you must have policies and you must have laws. You must have implementation. You must have monitoring. That is Able to ensure that you have a sustainable social justice plane, if I could call it that, right? And so, and, and you will hear, I'm very careful with the language. I'm saying when they get into positions, positions of, of authority, yes, because that's not necessarily leadership. You yes. see, we also no, confuse
1: no, no. Absolutely. each other. Absolutely.
0: People get into positions of authority, then they think they are leaders, and then we also mess it up. We're going, My leader, my leader, my leader, my Everybody's leader. is
1: leadership these days. You are leadership, hey, leadership. Leadership. How are you leadership, leadership. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be led
0: by people who don't understand that to lead, you must follow. To lead, you must have people you follow who tell you what to do and you must have a mandate that you follow to the script. And not do what you like, okay? Now, I can give you a very educated, uh, politically correct response to the social justice, which is, for example, my colleagues, some of my colleagues yeah. would say, yes, you know, in 2019, uh, we came up with a Centenary Central Declaration. declaration and a human in, the, in the Centenary Declaration, in the first page, in the beginning, the preamble says, recalling and reaffirming the Philadelphia Declaration of 1944, the mm. aims and principles and purpose and mandate, and, you know know underlying the the importance of the declaration on fundamental principles and rights at work 1998 declaration on social justice for a fair globalization 2008 and then it says and moved by the imperative of social justice you know that's a politically correct response anybody can do that anybody and, can and,
1: go and, and, and... and it doesn't tell you the granular no. detail as to the what element. is the? what do you mean what is the money what is the ingredient yeah what of do you mean? social justice what you rather mean, than I just thought. recalling Precisely. all of these things and in fact in that uh, centenary declaration you it, it also spoke about a roadmap for a a human-centered future. And I like how you started off and say you can think of all the artificial intelligence in the world, of all the robotics in the world, but at the same time, you are still going to need human contact. In fact, a hotel in Japan attempted to have a human robotic staff, which would do your room service and so on. And patrons were quickly saying, no, 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 thank you, thank you. This is scary. I don't want to see any robot cleaning my room or bringing me my food or my drink. We need human beings. And they had to take cognizance of that. So in this world of, you know, transitioning to uh, the future of work, as, as and, and, and our president there, Ramaphosa, uh, playing a, an important role as co-chair of that uh, panel that produced that report, um, how does it look like, I mean, you spoke about Latin America, Asia, Africa. I'm sure the future of work uh, is different for all of us no. around the world, particularly if you look at, in, for instance, here in Africa, where 60 to 70% of the people still don't have electricity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, I must tell you uh, I mean you you mentioned uh, the president uh, his excellency president Ramaphosa. So what you may not know is that uh, a group of us yeah. in fact no more than 3 <laughs> or 4 um, including an ambassador who's now based here in South Africa, but I think she's forgotten that because somewhere along the line she got upset because I told her the truth and she got upset. So we won't,
1: <laughs> Let's we, leave that one moment. Yeah.
0: But, but, and, and I think my team is panicking right now.
1: What? That oh is about to go We're there. there. No, go don't,
0: there. don't. But the point I wanted to make is the following is that, you know, we very consciously and very deliberately m- made a plan for the president to co chair that Global Commission on the Future of Work. Mm. Why? As patriots as South African patriots, who saw an opportunity, who saw that we can manage to co-chair this, because he was co-chairing with the Swedish yes, Prime Minister, yes. uh, <laughs> Stefan, the Honourable Stefan Lofven. And and, and 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 that's how I spent a lot of time with uh, President Ramaphosa, you know, sort of within a metre away from me. At close range. He likes that every 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 meeting we had. <laughs> but now let's move forward yeah. to the future of work. So the future of work, as you can realise, I've always told people, it's a we have a lot of uh, flawed scenarios or flawed assumptions when we talk about the future of work. Yeah, one of them is we talk about it as a futuristic thing. <laughs> okay, so now this was 2017. Yes. We're already talking about future of work, and future of work had already started.
1: And now we're in 2021. No, in 2021, we're well, still, still talking about, about the how to implement. implement how do we implement the recommendations f- yeah, four of the years future later, of work? Right.
0: Mm. So I keep saying to people, don't talk about the future of work like you're talking about a house that has windows and doors. You're going to step in and step out. It doesn't work like that. The future of work got to us a long time ago. Yeah. The COVID pandemic, in its devastation, in its ugliness, has demonstrated though, that we can use technology to great effect. For human contact replacement for a while. Okay? So that life can go on. There were people who never wanted to hear, for example, about saying you can have your workers at home uh, working as many hours as they need to work from home.
1: And if you want to have a meeting with them, at the time Skype was the most popular. Precisely. Let's Skype together and talk and 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 see each other. and,
0: And all we have to do is give people targets. You know, everything in terms of productivity is about inputs and and outputs. Mm. That's what it is. There's nothing stopping people from being efficient, having efficacy, um, just because they're working from home. Guess what happened? The pandemic happened. And now people realize that, my God, this is not only possible, but desirable. (laughs) And necessary, right? It must happen. Secondly, the young people have always been telling us they don't like this 8-hour, 10-hour thing, you know, that you are forced to work for 8 hours mm. every day. You know, the 8-hour day came from the ILO, I think, as far back as 1919. Absolutely. Right? There may, not be, there may be nothing wrong with the 8-hour day. But why can't you also say, depending on the circumstances, people can work for 6 hours because they've finished their work. They've been productive enough in 6 hours to do their work why must it be eight? Why must it be five days? Why can't it be four days? Mm. All right, There was a prime minister, I think, of Finland who raised this and people got upset. He said, why is it gospel that it must be five days, eight hours? Maybe it doesn't need to be.
1: And some people are also uncomfortable about retirement ages and yet yet France adjusts them according to need from time to time, even within a 10-year period. Need.
0: The word is need. Let it be need. Mm. Why do you want to have rigidity when you can have flexibility placed on need? As long as it Properly compensated and yeah. is commensurate to what people do. Why can't you go and do yoga in the middle of the day? Why can't you do that when you know you can come back? And and now, as 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 opposed to to doing it, what you are actually having now is an inadvertent mm. abuse of it. You have an inadvertent abuse of it where now. People don't understand that you must stop. You can't make people work all the time and call them at ten PM at night and eleven PM at night. So we now need to watch over that. Absolutely, say,
1: because some people have been crying of abuse now abuse in now. the virtual space it's, that it's abuse people now. think I'm available because the home is the home, is the office. Is w- when, the do space? When, when do you have time for family? When you have time for your kids, when you have time to
0: stretch yourself, when do you have time to have exercise. Because now the boss thinks he can call you anytime he likes. This is absolute nonsense.
1: Tunzi, don't get me in trouble. Zakele and Chloe are on the line waiting to have a say. Zakele Sekiri onsi fugi le na mslanje kunja nigo.
0: Nee
2: babam go ni babam tools babadua bani
0: i I'm not sure if I song. Same time. Same
1: <laughs> <laughs> time. You know,
2: it, 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 it's always a fascinating appetizing to listen to great eloquent intellect and academics in discussion. Mm. You guys are just flowing there. I'm so, so Thank you. intact I'm loving it.
0: Thank you. Uh, Thank you for it. Thank you so much.
2: My point as a labor specialist in South Africa, mm. I always have this point, Baba I'm not sure if people are able to help now or in the near future, as you are saying, in that position. But I, I, I can find it uh, not fair, especially to employees, coming to pre- representation at the workplace. Because our labor in South, labor uh, relations in South Africa allows an employee to be represented by an employee or any member of an organization or uh, it might be a trade union of some sort and the employer or of course he will be presented by an employer depending on his position on the company and most of the time we always know that employers have got erir people with labor qualifications well vested in these labor issues is it not fair or unfair to the employee then to be not given an outside presentation automatically as it is now where one has to apply through the CMA and in other institutional bodies mm. i'm not sure if maybe we can look into that because okay. somewhere somehow i still feel like it's not fairly coming to the employee side
1: okay zakele thank you as always thank you but it oh good morning
0: and professor how are you good morning my dear brother i'm solid how are you i'm very much fantastic
3: you know what i can say about you, prof is that i'm a unionist i met you at the emperor's palace we even took photos i don't used to take photos of everyone but when i met you there i felt like i'm not even talking to the employer if you can still remember Uh, when somebody was late from Cape Town, when we were early from Geneva. And then they wanted to postpone time and time, and then you even tell them, you know what, if you're a leader, you should know that this is the CCMA conference, the portfolio they told him last night, you could not do that. But unfortunately, uh, because of it was a CCMA conference, but I always wish one day you can advise this politician in South Africa the way they behave, that they are employers, even they are not employers, they are the servants. But one thing for you that I, I, I wanted to ask you, my my dear brother, because of the way feel the small body, so that people can uh, uh, see you without fearing and approach you, and then the way you address things, I, I, I'm really happy about that. And then uh, that's what I'm saying, that time I was even confused, this is really employer. Because of always we are trying to get the attitude of employer, it does not give us a union a hope that one day the employees can have something mm. in the world of employment. But my question is that, don't you see one day can you, you you advise the employers instead of these employees knocking off, stealing from work, demanding this and that? Don't you one day try to advise the employers, at least to give the employees some of the shares within the organization? Which, for on my view, it will minimise the stress from the employer side. It will minimise a lot of demand from the employer side because of the employees when they are working on Sunday, they are working for their own company. When they steal, they will steal from them. They cannot steal automatically. No. They cannot go to the strike. Let's so, let, let's
1: let's share? leave it there. But I think that is well registered, and I'm glad you know it's not easy to steal shares. Ne? So it must be a, it must be an agreement that's happening. LK, good morning.
3: Hey, Lukona, good morning. How are you? I'm good?
1: well. How are you today?
3: I'm all right. Thanks, man. Uh, my dear good brother, morning. good morning how to you, you, sir.
0: I'm solid, sir. Very good. How are you?
3: All I can say, I'm good. And uh, all I can say is that uh, DWS, Budken, Siskuli, must be
0: proud. My I word, you know only... my grandfather and my... <laughs> are you from Are you from my nick of the woods? Are you from the rural villages? Yes, yes, yes. And Where are you like
3: from, LK? Say, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, look on, uh, all I can For say security reasons.
1: I, hey, Diana I, I, can,
3: I can only wish uh, Oprofum yeah. everything of the best, and I know uh, come March 2022, he will be the DG of the ILO.
1: Thank you very much, LK. Thank you so
0: for much. Those, for really appreciate me- for those it. those
1: messages. Where, where is your neck of the woods?
0: Eh, eh, So when Because uh, I want to out him. Eh, shele, eh, shele. Ekoville in the Eastern Cape. Uh, you know, when he starts to say DWS, DWS was my grandfather, so my maternal j- so Something. So jumped on your seat, I, even got, jump on. I even got goosebumps. <laughs> I <laughs> goosebumps. I thought, okay, DWS. And then he says, Ken is my late father. Yeah. And then who school is my mother. So I'm thinking, this guy knows me intimately. He doesn't just know me. He knows me well.
1: So now you know on this platform you can lie. <laughs> just a few reflections, because I want us to talk a bit about your campaign. Just a few reflections on 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 those calls, and you know the place of employers, employees.
0: Um, okay, so yeah. so so there's a number of very deep questions here, which. <laughs> I think I must. Yeah, I mean,
1: must, starts off with a representation quiz.
0: Yeah. So I really think we're going to need to have a round two and a round, round two three of, some sort of this discussion th- as we go
1: along. Because yeah.
0: I absolutely agree with Zakele on the issue of representation and also as he speaks about IR, you know, because some people confuse HR with IR. Mm-hmm. So people are there as industrial relations specialists who only come to hire and fire, yeah. but are not part of the strategy on making sure people are at the centre of of everything in the organisation. And I also talk about the hypocrisy of people liking to talk about people centeredness But if you go to companies, you go to government, you go to everywhere, you will find that the most important people... Are chief technology officers, chief financial officers, chief commercial officers, chief everything, but not chief people officer. Yeah. Chief people officers are not the most important, and they're not even on the board. They are sometimes invited as observers to the board, then they leave. And
1: we call them right? corporate affairs at some point. Precisely. They must deal with people. They
0: must deal with people issues, and yet we say people, 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 people issues are the most important. Yeah. And if you also <laughs> deal with government, you'll find that the Department of Employment and Labour. I tell them all over the world, and some of them get, get upset. I said to the ministers of Employment and Labour. You are not the most important. I'm sorry. May I repeat? You are not the most important. Do you know why? Because you get the breadcrumbs in the cabinet. Minister of Finance is recognized as being important. There's one mistake. Mm. The minister of uh, DTIC in South Africa is very important. And yes, he is. But he can't be as important as the custodian for people. The minister of Technology is important, right? All the ministers are important, but far more. And in terms of even the budgets in the developing world, Africa, Latin America, mm. you'll find that the budgets for ministers of labor and employment are not the ones that are given what they deserve because people must be at the center. So we need to talk about that. Yeah. And the and the, and the the brother of mine who I took photos with at Empress Palace, in fact, I do recall because it was at that conference of the CCMA that I was asked by Kosatu, one of my endorsers, if I could please write for ShopSkeward. So I was writing articles as a contributor every quarter in the shop steward, which is the official uh, newspaper of Kosatu. And I'm sure you don't hear of many uh, no. capitalists or employers no, no, no. who are invited to write. Uh, uh, in a labor... No, 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 no. no, no it no. doesn't happen. Uh, okay? uh, uh, and <laughs> I was invited by the Secretary General of Kosatu, to come and uh, speak at fora. Uh, where I work on in workshops and whatever. You, so again, I'm really appreciative that he, he, he recognizes that. But I think at the heart of the questions we have is how do we reconstruct and re-engineer a better environment in the world of work? Absolutely. With the opportunities we have brought by the devastation again I keep saying of the of the of Mm. how do we recalibrate how do we recognize that the COVID has revealed and exposed a lot of pre-existing flaws that have been there that we've never taken care of and hence the failure that we have our people being as desperate as they are to do things because the reality of life right now Mm. is that people are desperate because poverty is getting worse hunger is getting worse Unemployment is is, is getting more and more as we continue with what we do. And there is no way you can deal, for example, with the Sustainable Development Goals of 2030, which we're tracking badly before. There's no way now with the COVID because they are much worse.
1: I mean, we've, we've, we've made severe regression on many things. Completely. Inoculation of children. completely Questions of schooling. I mean, here we hear about 750,000 learners potentially having left school.
0: Inequality uh, is getting of, worse of every day because we are failing to deal with the cause of the problem
1: now let's deal with the solution seemingly you are the solution to some of the problems. i certainly hope so not and not i'm happy to contribute to and, the uh, in fact some in the united nations speak very kindly of you noam tunzi must ascend noam tunzi because you saved them salary cuts <laughs> you know about that
0: i think the trade unions were not happy about that and i'm not sure why it was a trade union versus employer issue it's a humanist issue it's yeah. a people issue yeah. Right. And 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 I I was I was very upset that day. Actually, I must never be that upset because it? It, yes, So because this
1: thing comes to your desk. Yeah. You hear about it yeah. that there is this move to cut salaries and there's been
0: no consultation over it and yeah. it's
1: a decision actually has been taken to and, do it and
0: and 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 the pros, the process followed is flawed. Sixty four flaws, if I'm not mistaken, there were sixty four flaws in the process that was followed that everybody recognised there were flaws. But somehow the end game was we will have the salary cut. I said, what? How can you do that? So ultimately, it was a very (laughs) uncomfortable situation because I had now some of my trade union colleagues calling me a shop steward because the trade union in the room was not saying anything. No, was was supporting the decision. (laughs) And I was saying, no, you can't do that. And of course, a year later, the administrative tribunal found against um, the the, the, the decision. And... um, rescinded everything and insisted on people being paid retrospectively with interest and so on and so So on. So I'm
1: sure you've got many friends there. But before we go, in fact, you want to make the point you're not necessarily
0: a South African candidate. No, I think it's very important to clear that. I think let's clear this. South Africa is my home. I am a patriot. I love my country. Okay, although some people think they can monopolize patriotism in this yeah. country. And that's a dif- dis- different discussion or a different day. But how I was nominated is that I was nominated by social partners. Remember that tripartism is the ILO. Social partners are the workers in the trade unions. The government is the third partner, right? So the social partners of Lesotho and Malawi nominated me okay. in SADC. Sadek then wrote a letter to South Africa. I mean, I have a letter here mm. that I was looking at this morning, dated the 8th of August 2020 by Minister, um, no, no, Tulas right? Yeah. Writing it to Minister Pando to say, in response to the request from Sadek as to whether we are going to support the nomination, support. Not that South Africa is nominating me, but support the nomination. We are supporting Professor Mduaba. He already enjoys the support of KOSATU. He enjoys the the support of Fedusa, NAKTU, SATUK, the SPSF, and so on and so on. It's in a letter that Minister Nguessi wrote to Minister Pando. Minister Pando writes a letter the following few days later to SADC to confirm this and to say... Professor Mdwaba is a South African-supported candidate. We support the nomination. And then writes a letter to the AU, Minister Pando, again, to say we are supporting that you proceed with an endorsement. Then in October 2020, I was then endorsed by the African Union. So basically, I'm a SADC tripartite-endorsed candidate. And that, by implication, includes South South Africa. And then I'm an endorsed AU candidate. 55 countries, by implication, includes South Africa. But South Africa is the vehicle for of, me of all of as my country. Prof. Mdwaba,
1: thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you. Thank and you uh, for having congratulations me. congratulations and good luck. And I think once your campaign goes live, I'm aware of the rules that govern the ILO contestation. Probably might have a part two. Thank you. It might be
0: necessary. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you to Power FM. Thank you to you. That's Prof. Sam Tunzim